Welcome to Craft of Code, a podcast brought to you by Linode that explores the stories of developers, entrepreneurs, and enterprises of all sizes from all over the world who share our mission to make cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible to all. Welcome to the Craft of Code. I'm your host, Mike Maney. One of the things I love about the Linode community is, well, their love for Linode. Today, we're talking to Phil Nelson. Phil tweeted out some nice stuff about his experiences with, with Linode, and we thought it might be fun to have a chat with him, especially given the cool things he's built on top of Linode's infrastructure. Welcome, Phil. Great to be here. So if you don't mind, tell the listeners a little bit about these really cool things that you built, lo-fi, sci-fi, and retro TV. And I'm pretty sure I got those right. Yeah, it's a uh, retro strange TV. Yeah. Um, they both live under uh, a brand we use called retro strange. My best friend Noah and I started this during the pandemic as a way to kind of keep some kind of community where we could hang out with our friends without being able to hang out with our friends. And one of the ways we do that is with uh, public domain media, such as the kind you can find on the internet archive. We are big fans of old time radio and classic sci-fi and horror movies from the 50s, 60s, 70s, stuff like that. And we found a, you know, a treasure trove of this stuff on the Internet Archive for you know free. But there wasn't really a good way to access it. I think even big fans of the Internet Archive will admit that the interface has seen better days and maybe is a little bit clunky for your average person. It, it has its own uses and, and purposes, of course. But uh, we decided to make something a little more user-friendly. And out of that came Lo-Fi Sci-Fi, which is our 24-7, uh, over-the-top streaming old-time uh, radio channel that plays science fiction shows like Dimension X and X-1 on a loop with uh, you know proper metadata and stuff. And you can just hit up Lo-Fi Sci-Fi from the RetroStrange.com homepage at any time and drop into a cool old a science fiction radio program from sometime in the last 50 years or so. Uh, the other big part of it is um, the newest thing we launched, which is Retro Strange TV, which applies the same concept, but using video sources. So uh, public domain horror and science fiction TV shows, stuff that we had shown on the uh, every two weeks movie night that we'd started doing during the pandemic as well. What's old is new again. Uh, I love I love that getting back to the getting using modern technology to get back to some of the uh, you know the old time uh, you know things we loved about about media. Uh, yeah, and and part of it too is yeah we almost called it uh, new TV old TV, <laughs> uh, but that was a little bit a little bit clunky I think, and uh, you know the reasons for that are obvious like we're we're basically re implementing terrestrial television style programming where it's sort of a curated list of content that's just playing whether you're watching it or not which is uh you know really different than the way that a lot of people uh these days consume their media which is on you know constantly on demand you have to pick something and uh, i've always liked the novelty of having something picked for you because you can either decide that you like it or don't like it yeah i know netflix netflix has the uh you know sort of show me something. I don't know what I want to watch. Show me something button. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't seen something more 
curated from them, like maybe, you know, more of like celebrity playlist type stuff, like you'll see for music a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Like why not have a curated, like say 24 hours of programming curated by the cast of, you know, the latest prestige TV show. Uh, Why the heck not? I, I hope that they start doing more stuff like that because I find it interesting when, within the kind of constraints of television, if you have to kind of jigsaw stuff into a programming block, like anything uh, creative, I think you need the constraints in order to be, uh, to make something interesting. I mean, such a treasure trove of content in there too. I mean, I'd, I'd absolutely watch the Ted Lasso trauma mashup playlist. Oh, hell yeah. Can you, can you imagine? Yeah. Jason Sudeikis chooses his favorite, like gory horror movies. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I don't, I don't uh, even know what that guy likes. It, it, see, I don't know. It, Jason Sudeikis seems like the kind of guy that doesn't really necessarily go in for like hack and slash kind of kind of stuff. But I mean, who knows? People surprise got, you sometimes. I've got I've got him Food Network and uh, Property Brothers. I, yeah, you know, I, I have a feeling his his media is is pretty his media intake is pretty normy. <laughs> I hope we don't get any hate mail for people think we're hating on Jason Sudeikis. Ted Lasso is a great show. It is so. I am. I am a huge fan of the writer uh, Bill Lawrence okay. uh, Van Duzer on Twitter, who did one of the greatest comedies of all time called Scrubs. Okay, uh, and then followed that up with Cougar Town. So when I saw that he was with Ted Lasso, I had high expectations, and he did not let me down at all. I remember the gimmick with Cougar Town is they were constantly threatening to change the name. Mm-hmm. And the the fans like were fighting them every step of the way. So like, screw it. We we, we started liking the show with this awful name. So <laughs> if you change it, we're going to be mad. But it's fun, right? It's it's funny because you look at the you know how fans watch shows and how communities rally around shows, and that's sort of what you've tapped into uh, with the old time show with the old time shows. There's a community for that, correct? Yeah, definitely. There there's lots of there's a lot of great content creators out there and just uh you know accounts posting really cool vintage movie posters and goofy pictures from the sets of movies like uh you know vincent price dressed up as the uh, Witchfinder general from the movie Witchfinder general this you know evil character and he's like holding an ice cream cone on set you know just looking looking all cute and happy with his ice cream well he's about to go you know, kidnap and torture somebody in the movie in a couple of minutes. Um, there's just lots of great stuff like that, that, you know, kind of at the time you didn't necessarily see unless you were, you know, there were magazines back then, like uh, famous monsters of Filmland, stuff like that. But aside from that, you really didn't get that kind of context. There was no way for it to, to get out meaningfully before, you know, Twitter and Instagram and, and stuff like that. And so, there's a ton of great stuff, great accounts like that on Instagram and Twitter. Like you can just find dozens and dozens of these by, you know, with a quick search and they're great for uh, art inspiration. They're great for uh, just, you know, doom scrolling if that's what you need to do for a, a couple of minutes. Um, and that, that stuff's been a real inspiration to us. We, we were kind of, it was like a, a way of us, we thought about it like, you know, if they can do it, if they can do it like, if they can do that kind of thing with this, with this static media, with images uh, and stories, um, I'm a big fan of letters of note as well, stuff like that. The going a little bit deeper into old stuff is is really interesting to me. Uh, you know, obviously, I guess, but I think that 
the communities generally are kind of gun shy around using media um, because you don't necessarily in America, you don't necessarily have to be right in order to, you know, screw somebody up real bad with a lawsuit. Um, and people have seen, you know, large corporations kind of squeezing the little guy by just, you know, filing a lawsuit. They know the little guy can't afford to defend themselves in. And that was something we were kind of worried about with this. But at the same time, you know, it's sort of like sue us for what? <laughs> None of us have any money. So what do you, you can, you can only squeeze a stone so hard. Um, and the, and so, the, you know, and the, and, the, and the stuff you're showing has been stuck in the archives for so, for so long. Yeah. And it, a lot it of breathes it breathes new life into it. Yeah, totally. It, it's only beneficial even for, you know, the rights holders of other stuff that's, you know, tangentially related to the movies we use. Uh, some of them are, for example, like, you know, old uh, tokusatsu movies, like Japanese sci-fi stuff, like they're, you know, the giant kaiju monsters like Godzilla and Gamera. Um, we have a couple of Gamera features in the in the rotation and they're uh, public domain in the U.S., but only the um, only the English dubbed Sandy Frank released versions, I believe. Uh, it's, it's, there's some weird, you know, bifurcation of the rights uh, when people license stuff in the U.S. sometimes, which is how some of these things uh, are able to, you know, we're able to show them at all and not get you know, take down notices from Twitch and stuff like that. Cause uh, part of the way we curated all of the content for retro strange TV, for example, was by doing these uh, movie nights every two weeks, retro strange movie night. We did 26 episodes of that. Um, you know, a whole, a whole year's worth of movies. We had two movies every, every episode. So that's, you know, 52 plus movies that we, that we chose and plus a bunch of supporting features, shorts, episodes of TV from way back in the day. There's some great classic, um, great classic TV stuff on the internet archive available as well. We have a show called Captain Zero on there. He was sort of the first uh, American, one of the first American science fiction TV heroes, uh, sort of like a, almost a Doctor Who-like character, but more of an action guy than a thinky guy, which is very American, I think. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and you know, on the it wouldn't really, none of it would really be possible without without Linode because we get such a it's it's so affordable for the power for one and being able to just have actual access to the server. I'm a you know I'm a SSH into the server and poke around at stuff kind of guy, uh, and so it helps a lot to be able to just pay like five dollars. Uh, to have a fresh server provisioned and then just dive in there and start going, you know, how, how much can I reasonably squeeze out of this? How many simultaneous audio streams can I get? How many simultaneous video streams can I get? And then just be able to scale it up like we did recently. We were running Retro Strange TV 24-7 on a $5 Linode for a couple of months, and uh, we decided to finally bump it up to the the 20 gig plan because we wanted to increase the quality a little bit and you know we we're finally getting a little a few more viewers and so we wanted to present a little bit nicer <laughs> um, we've also now got it set up to we uh, because it's so easy to spin up these new servers um, the software we're using is called owncast it's this open source self-hosted streaming video thing it basically gives you a twitch-like interface but hosted on your own stuff um, 
what's cool about that is that there's a one-click install script for, for Linode to just provision a server with your chosen password and stuff and chosen domain name if you want. And so we can spin up really quickly, uh, say, if we want to do a secret screening for some of our community members on Retro Strange, uh, we could just easily spin one of those up like we did a couple of weeks ago and you know point people at it under a you know secret domain name or something and be able to share content that way without having to interrupt what's playing on the retro strange tv main feed as well yeah what you what you're doing is something that we that we tend to hear a lot from other customers uh and other developers is they've start they've because of the because of the the price point because of the performance and the ability to sort of scale up that they you know they start it's a great Linode tends to be a great place for them to uh, experiment right to 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 build out these side projects or these hobby projects and then surprisingly what they do is they they end up scaling right so as they they grow with us which is something i think that's really you know it's exciting as a you know as a technologist as as somebody who you know who likes watching you know the growth in this in this industry and part of what makes that possible and you and you 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 hinted at it as the ability to actually have a little bit of control or have a lot of bit, a lot of bit of control <laughs> uh, over, over your own destiny on it. Right. And tapping into tapping into that infrastructure. Yeah, definitely. There's so much it's, it's ultimate power with the servers. Basically, you know, you're, you definitely can just be cut off into your own little world there. And if you screw something up, it's on you, but that also gives you a whole lot of power to, you know, essentially be able to do whatever you want, which is both a blessing and a curse. It's it's dangerous to be able to do whatever you want because you can do something stupid. But I found in my life that usually the stupid thing is uh, at least worth trying. <laughs> so, you know, uh, luckily we've we've done pretty well with Retro Strange by doing some kind of stupid things, but nothing too stupid yet. Uh, the I had a had a lot of and then so the code for it as well is is available on GitHub. We've got a bunch of supporting scripts for creating the playlists and and making sure stuff is in the right directories and all that kind of junk. Um, there's also the uh, and lo, with LoFi SciFi, which is also hosted on on Linode, which is the 24/7 streaming old time radio channel. Um, with that, it's using a software package called Liquid Soap, which is speaking of power is this crazily powerful media streaming package that essentially is meant to run. It was created from scratch with the idea of running a uh, audio feed that doesn't stop even if you, you know, the media disappears. And so it's got these cool, (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think so. Yeah. And, And, but what's cool about it is that it, it runs like you would expect to run a radio station. You don't want the worst thing you want is dead air. At most you want it there to, to it to fall back to some safety message that it loops, you know, like uh, we're offline, but we're coming back that, that sort of thing. And uh, this liquid soap package was created uh, that way purposefully. And I find it to be really interesting. It does apparently do video, some video streaming somehow, but I, I wasn't really able to, to make it, work very well. And I think it's mostly just my lack of familiarity with uh, the, that particular package. Uh, being a sort of jack of all trades 
creative type, I sometimes my my knowledge is a bit broader and shallow. <laughs> um, but you know, you get just deep enough that you can you can drown yourself accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> you almost want to put almost want to put a Linode data center on top of a uh, an outpost in the middle of the ocean and just let it keep broadcasting. Sure. Why not? And yeah, it's, that's the, that's the plan with uh lo-fi sci-fi. I think what I, what I said was um, we intend to keep broadcasting until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> and, you know, so, so reliability is obviously something that, you know, that you, that you looked at as well. And I'm sure you've mm-hmm. looked at, you know, you've looked, I'm sure you looked at larger providers. You looked at some of our, some of our peers as well, because there, because there are a lot, there are a lot of offerings out there, right? There are a oh, lot yeah, of definitely. options for There's, you. There's more options than ever before for web hosting. Um, and I, and I do keep abreast of this stuff because it's professionally useful to me as well as a guy that tends to work with a lot of early stage startups. So they want advice on this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've tried, I've tried out, I've tried out some of the rest and gotten some free, gotten some free credits at the, at the various other providers out there. Um, but I've been using Linode for over 10 years, I think now. And so I haven't really seen a very compelling reason to switch over. I've got probably, you know, 20, 30 domain names hosted with Linode now. So. Yeah. Which is this year is our Linode's 18th birthday since they were founded in Chris's apartment. Dang. Yeah. Old enough to vote. Just about, just about, yeah. Talk to the listeners a little bit about, um, you know, some of the some of the things that you've seen, you know, that you've experienced since you've since you've started up these these two projects. Anything anything jump out at you that was a lot of, that was sort of surprising or a lot of fun? Yeah, I, there's a bunch of a bunch of media uh, mostly. Um, primarily, I've been surprised by the old time radio content on lo-fi sci-fi. A lot of that stuff was just things I hadn't heard before. Um, what's really one of the, one of the most interesting things about that though, has to be how many different shows did adaptations of the same material back then. And so you get say, you know, three different adaptations of the same Isaac Asimov story by three different radio shows in you know the same couple of years and so seeing what they chose to keep in and what they chose to truncate and what they chose to um change or you know how they how they cast it even changes of course i find that sort of thing to be fascinating because having worked in most of the various production aspects of audio and video creation i I'm fascinated by the creative choices that are made that can be made differently by different people. And so it's really interesting to listen to those old time radio drama adaptations that are from the same time period, but just from different companies of the same material. I find that sort of thing to be really interesting. Um, There's also been a, a wealth of really bizarre, interesting to me, safety video content. We, have this thing that we ran before retro strange movie night would start sort of the pre-show which we called the retro strange safety squad (laughs) and the safety squad would watch old industrial safety videos uh speaking of trauma uh you definitely see (laughs) stuff you know the, the kind of thing where 
the camera cuts away and somebody splashes blood on the tractor. That, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, really, really low budge. about the movie Blades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, re- really, really low budge kind of um, – it's. I mean, they're 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 a kind of horror movie. That's why it made sense. Um, these these industrial and, and farm safety videos are a kind of horror movie in a way. They're trying to scare you straight. They're trying to scare you into paying attention at work. And we found some really some really crazy, just out there, genuinely gross stuff from all over the world. Like England is has a special talent, I think, for producing these truly horrifying safety videos. Um, do yourself a favor and, and go on YouTube and just type British safety video seventies and, <laughs> and be amazed. Ren- a renegade OSHA group that just went out and did, did creative videos. <laughs> there's actually quite, there's a few OSHA videos on the, in the retro strange TV rotation. In fact, a couple of, uh, a couple of OSHA produced safety videos found their way in there. What's funny is they, it probably works. Oh yeah, sort of scared straight, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm definitely not going to take my eyes off of the scoop on a on a shovel if I'm ever using one. <laughs> well, blade, blades from Drone made me made it so that I would never change a uh, lawnmower blade ever again in my life. Yeah. Wow. What are, What are some of the What are some of the products that you use out of Linode? Right? Because I we talk a lot um, in the industry about sort of the sort of the core primitives that that developers need, right? The, mm-hmm. you know, storage, compute, and networking, uh, you know, and a couple of other things. But, are, you know, are there any, is there any consistency around what you're using for um, for your projects or things that you sort of must-haves? Yeah, definitely. Backups are a big deal, obviously. I think anybody that, that creates anything for any amount of time, it's not a when it's a, or it's not an, if it's a, when you're definitely going to have something just explode or die on you without you expecting it to happen. And having backups greatly mitigates the damage that can happen there at the very worst, you know, you're losing maybe some amount of data in between backups, which is way better than losing everything, which, you know, is a, is a thing that totally happens to people all the time. Uh, and is, I've been bitten by it in the past, which is why I have multiple levels of backups these days. And I, I, you know, I have a local, I have a couple levels of local backup. I've got uh, a Backblaze backup set up on my computers here as well. Um, and with Linode, I always, I always turn on the backup uh, functionality for any of my servers. Like for example, the uh, Retro Strange server uh, that we just upgraded to a, a, a 25 gigabytes of storage. Uh, I turned on backups there because I decided it was now a piece of infrastructure and no longer just a goofy side project. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, we, we also definitely use the block storage once we, uh, currently with the video system, I'm actually serving it from uh, OBS, Open Broadcaster software on a PC in my living room to the Linode server. But I'm hoping to, in the next couple of weeks, be able to switch it over so that server is basically self-serving the videos. So it'll be running both the broadcasting software and the software that uh, puts up the nice web front end for people to be able to watch it. 
but we used the block storage for uh, lo-fi sci-fi. That was, that's how we're able to cram, you know, we've got hundreds and hundreds of episodes of old time radio on there and in really high quality. And so uh, the being able to add hoc add storage like that was a real, was a real lifesaver in terms of making it so it didn't take my whole weekend. I worked at, when I worked at IBM, I represented uh, uh, the, this guy, John Patrick, who was their internet guru uh, back in the day. And when he e-tired is what he called it, he e-tired. One of the things that he took with him was and put into his basement was a Netfinity server serving all kinds of music out of the back. And that's sort of what I'm picturing, uh, you know, that you're, that you're running, that you're running is something like that in the living room. You use a lot of, you know, I noticed you use a lot of open source uh, technology is, you know, two questions on that. You know, one, is that something, you know, could you have done, built what you've built uh, with, without using open source? And the set follow on question that I have on that is, is the, is Linode's embrace and sort of open source roots, the Linux roots, something that, that you've, that you, that drew you to Linode? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I'll, I'll answer the last one first, which is, yeah, the, the Linode's embrace of open source was, was a big deal for me when I was initially looking for hosting, you know, 10 plus years ago. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> the wealth of community stuff on there with the stack scripts and a lot of the one one touch installs that Linode provides definitely make stuff like this way more possible for a single developer. Because I really it really is just on the development side. It's just me um, on the content side. My my best friend, Noah, who's my, my partner in Retro Strange here, um, does what he calls internet archive deep dives and, you know, puts on, <laughs> puts on the virtual diving apparatus and, and hops into the internet archive search terms to find new, fresh new content, uh, like the hunter gatherers of old would. Um, I really don't think it would be possible to have done what we have done with just one guy without spending way more money than we'd ever get. <laughs> Uh, Re- Retro Strange is not a. It, it pays for itself now, which is cool. We we have a Patreon. It's Patreon dot com slash Phil Nelson. Um, we appreciate everybody's support, but uh, yeah, Retro Strange server fees are totally covered now from patron money, which is really really cool and not really something I expected. Uh, we're always looking to do more stuff. I think the next the next goal uh, the goal that we just passed was. Uh, upgrading the TV server. I think our next goal is probably going to be getting the server sort of self self feeding videos so I can stop the machine in my living room because the fans are going 24 hours a day. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Where do you, where do you, where do you go from here? Right. So are, it's a good question. Are, 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 are we, are we looking at the, you know, at the next Netflix or media empire? You know, I, I think there's room in the media landscape for organizations that are not necessarily trying to take over the world. I think especially out here, I live in San Francisco. I think especially out here, uh, people, overestimate their own importance as a way to maybe stave off the 
existential dread of existence. But I try to be really careful about how important I think my own work is. And I don't think Retro Strange is the most important thing in the world. I don't think it's going to become the biggest thing in the world. But I think for a certain kind of person, it is something that will just make their life better simply by existing. And we made it for those people because we are those people. Very, very much parallel to sort of Linode's philosophy and and culture and outlook on the industry too, that there are room for companies who don't need to take over the world that can stay focused on just what they do uh, and what they do well and serve, you know, serve the community that actually wants to be uh, a part of it and, and appreciates that. I think that's a, that is a very uh, noble and welcome approach that you're taking uh, on this uh, as, you know, as me, as a member of the, of that industry that you spoke about as well as a human in general. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you know, you, you taking that, that tack well, yeah, coming up thanks. on, coming up on the end of, of uh, our time. And I wanted to thank you so much for, um, you know, for, for telling your story and, uh, you know, and informing our listeners of what it is that, you know, that you do and how you, and how you've done it. And hopefully they can learn a little bit more as well from your experience. So Phil, thank you. Mm -hmm. And if you could remind the listeners again, where they can find lo-fi sci-fi and retro strange TV, and also where they can find your Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, again, big shout out to my partner at Retro Strange, Noah Maher, for doing all the content curation. It is a whole lot of work. Everybody can find all of our content at RetroStrange.com. You can also go to RetroStrange.tv to directly access Retro Strange TV. Um, the Patreon is Patreon.com slash Phil Nelson. My personal website is ExtraFuture.com. You can find me on Twitter at Phil Nelson. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Extra Future. I'm posting some weird, haunted drone music videos on there lately. Um, and that's about it. Phil, thank you so much for joining Craft of Code. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Craft of Code. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please subscribe to make sure you're the first to hear when we release future episodes. And we'd love it if you left a review. 